It's a fact you're not here. You ain't even real, but you still bring me fear. You make my bones so tired that my soul stands up. But now I'm starting to need to bleed to fill this cup. It's like I'm starting to need to bleed to fill this cup. Oh. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Working Wing Podcast, the podcast where every week we watch an episode of The West Wing and break it down from our own unique perspective. My name is Tim Schultz, and joining me, as always, my dear friend, longtime debate partner, and a man who I completely forgot to make up a comparison for, Killian Collins. Thank you, Tim. I love your honesty. So it's gonna get us. It's what's gonna get us forward in the revolution. Yeah, I was tempted to vamp right there, but I am not that clever. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some horrible world event will occur this week that will be. Yeah, it'll inspire me. <laughs> anyway, Tim, uh, we are on episode 16 of the first season of The West Wing. Six meetings before lunch. So I was kind of thinking it's going to be a uh, you know very busy busy body type of type of episode, but we'll see. Yeah, we start out with. Uh, with a with like a little celebration in uh, in the West Wing, uh, and it's all the staff, and they are about to and they're pouring champagne until Toby comes comes in to interrupt and say, "We are waiting until there are fifty one yay votes on that on that screen." and he points out that they are waiting for the confirmation of the long awaited uh, Judge Justice Mendoza. Yes, and I mean. I love Richard Schiff here. Yes. Delivery is great. He's a very great, understated comic actor. But uh, this is like, like the scene itself is Aaron Sorkin skipping the word. Yes. He is <laughs> like, like he is telling us that this was a hard confirmation and that it killed Toby. But like what he doesn't show us is how does a radically progressive justice get confirmed to the Supreme Court? In 1999 or 2000 or whenever this aired, yeah. Uh, how does a yeah era of big government is over uh, country confirm Justice Mendoza? Yeah, in and, and plus too, like it's it's not a situation like how it is like you know in today's Congress where it's very it's very uh, it's very tight. Right. They, they seem to have like a much bigger lead. I, I wouldn't say super majority, but like they had a bigger lead than. Yeah. Oh, they were fairly. I think I was paying attention to this. I think they were down to like the R's in the roll call when they finally had enough votes. Oh, to so confirm it, Mendoza. So, so, they, so it was tight. So they, was had to get, tight. they had to get a couple of Republicans on board. Yeah. Be like, oh, he's a cop. Let's let's confirm him. Yeah. He's. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much yeah, pretty much what happened. But anyway, uh, Toby was basically there to say like. Okay, we've had very bad luck this year, and I don't want us to tempt fate. If only he was there during Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. Um, yeah, Before she bought the fireworks. <laughs> that, said that, that spelled out hubris in the sky. I, I saw that joke from Stephen Colbert, because that was one of his good ones. We then have uh, Josh. Uh, Josh is disputing uh, Donna about uh, her penmanship and how much it sucks, and Donna's defending it. Well, Donna's trying to bring up like how... Uh, how we need a new panda to replace the one that just died of loneliness. Wait, did, with, did Donna bring that up? No, Mandy brought that up. Right? I, I think she brought, I think they got into it later because she brought it up to Josh at first and Josh is like, well, I, what is it? Like a little bear from Australia. And she's like, that's a koala bear. You, you idiot. Oh, okay. So like, he just kind of doing it, but Josh comes in to watch the vote. We see Leo arguing on the phone. What, a, what appears to be about a book jacket, but then we find out more that it's about, a, it's about, 
some other senators who were mad about uh, their assistant attorney general for civil rights. Yes. Um, and uh, his and they, they're only mad and, and so insignificant. They're mad about a book that was released. Uh, Calling for reparations. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that. It's like a big centerpiece of it. And this and this person is quoted on the back of it. And, and really, this guy, I don't think this guy's a senator. I think he's like a. A civil defense attorney. Yeah, he's a civil rights civil lawyer rights from attorney. Georgia. Sorry, sorry, my apologies, civil defense attorney. But he's a civil rights lawyer from Georgia, and like he was quoting in this book of like, yes, every American needs to have this burden. Yeah, great, great, great kind of book. You know, so, basically, so, it sounded like um, "Stand from the Beginning" by um, yes, yeah, yeah, just 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 kind of giving his opinion on it of like, I like this book, but yeah, and apparently his peers are very upset that he was on this uh, book cover, like in embracing reparate the idea of reparations. Yes. Um, Leo's daughter Mallory comes in and tells Sam that she despises him and, ex- and everything he stands for. And I was like, oh, so she found out about like all like the weird section he's, he's been doing. <laughs> well, like, remember, he told her about all that stuff like the first time they met. So I think they've already moved past that. I mean, I, I, I would hope. <sighs> well, anyway, well, why she hates him so much is because of his uh, position paper on school vouchers. That like, which right away he was like, "How'd you even find that?" Uh, I don't even like. I don't even like. like that's literally not available to like anyone. Yeah. Like, why the fuck do you even care? But but prankster Leo gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And um, then we go. Then we look back on the C-SPAN screen and we see that they have the fifty-one votes and the jubilee commences and the and the staff parties all night. Yeah. Um, End up watching. Uh, yeah, Josh and Donna are still. Lightly bickering about penmanship, uh, Leo says that. Yep, he says the nom for the assistant attorney general for civil rights ain't gonna happen. The guy's name is uh, Jeff Brackenridge, and uh, apparently the guy, the guy in the committee who's making a big stink is some guy named Statler who yeah. does not like reparations. Yeah. Uh, Sam and Mallory uh, are in Sam's off in a in a dark office with lots of sexual tension, uh, and then they're like lightly arguing about school vouchers. And Sam keeps trying to bring up, like, well, we're trying to go on a date soon tonight. Yeah, they basically, basically, I think they were supposed to be, like, on a unofficial date at this party. Yeah, but uh, Leo decided to fuck all that. Yeah, that scamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but needless to say, there's lots of, there's lots of sexual tension. Uh, Sam uh, basically nerd alphas and says, like, well, let's just, like, table this now. And, like, you know, I'm right. And, like, we'll go out to dinner and do all this. And, Persuasion attempt failed, though. Yes, very much failed. That yeah, one on that one. Sla- slap the fuck down. I, it was just funny because all it was was just kind of, like, it was it was nerd alpha. It was using a bunch of big words to try and talk her down and, and with an assertive attitude that only works when you're uh, a character in a TV show. Really, that, that that seems to be like when those things all work. But it didn't work in the situation. So, good on you, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We then we then cut to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, stay tuned, right? Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 ain't up yet. Uh, CJ, we got to. Uh, CJ is uh, up in uh, up in like well that little like that upper deck press office, and she's lip syncing to this uh, to this jackal. Okay, song. so well, all right, so before that. Isn't there a scene where Leo? Because I have a note about uh, Leo goes. Leo goes to Josh and tells him about the reparations thing, yes. right? Yeah. And Leo has and Josh like like Leo's like he wants reparations, and Josh's response is "What for?" Which is a big like question mark. I didn't even write that down. Yeah, flew right over. And me. then um, Josh tells him, uh, "Am I the guy for this?" 
Uh, and Josh is like, I'm, I'm not the right guy for this. And it's like, well, Josh, the thing is, is that your White House doesn't have anybody who is the quote unquote right guy for this except Charlie. <laughs> I mean, Toby, I thought I would have thought would have done better. Toby probably would have done better. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's a very uh, it's a very pale White House that they're working with. It just especially Josh, too, because like it's like Josh is just so. uh yeah, he's just so, not like so competitive and just um, adversarial that it's just like yeah. Even when you do agree, even when he well, does I mean, agree, Toby himself, can be goddamn adversarial. adversarial. Oh yeah, I know he is too. But I just I, I think to a bit an issue like this, Toby be a little more sensitive to it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Toby's had some very he was certainly radio. slapping down both the truckers and um and uh, the people pushing back against free trade. Yeah, he really don't only seems to like those people who either don't get elected or are like veterans on the street. Yeah, like he really that's really the only one. Yeah, that's his out. that's his whole bag. Yeah, but yeah. So then we go to the the CJ scene. The Jackal. Which, See, CJ is like basically lip syncing to this rap song called the Jackal, which I don't know this song. I don't know this song either. But do you agree with me that this is like the cringiest fucking shit that you have ever seen in your entire life? Yeah, and the fact that like everyone is digging. Everyone is so into it. And here's the thing. Like, while this is like, yeah, this is a prime display of, of like, peak whiteness. Mm-hmm. This is like an epitome of, like, 90s whiteness. Yes. And and as it was in the show, so it was behind the scenes. Because the backstory behind the scene uh, from the working, from the uh, West Wing Weekly was that this is a thing that Alice and Jenny, National Treasure, God bless her, but this is actually a thing that Alice and Jenny would do, like, at the little parties that she would host at her trailer on set. And the entire and the entire cast and crew loved it so much that they just had to write it into the show. And that's how we got that scene. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a case of art imitating life of, like, the most painful, cringiest, cringiest whiteness just running rampant. Of, i.e. the the crew of, of the crew of the West Wing. The crew of the West Wing, yes. <laughs> I wonder who was the person. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we said it was, the person was actually doing it. But I wonder if they looked like CJ and were pretty much. No, it was Alice and Janney. Oh, it was her. Oh, it was, it was her. God damn, dude. Yeah, it was Alice and Janney. Yeah, well, she seemed into it. She, she seemed she, into it. Yeah. <laughs> God, anyway, um,. Toby's like Toby's puffing on a cigar, and while Josh is trying to talk to him, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of my face! I'm not talking. Don't talk to me while she's doing the jackal." Uh, Leo tells Sam, <laughs> "Yeah, basically, Sam goes up to Leo and says, and says like, what the fuck? You showed her. You showed her my political, like my position paper." And, and Leo's just like, "Oh, just, don't worry, kid. Hang in there. Just, just really bask. I bask in that moment. I, I, I love that little moment of like Leo, just like." Oh, you're uncomfortable. Oh, like, well, yeah, good. I yeah, love I, I love great, that. great acting from yeah, great again. The subtle little acting of Jonathan Spencer. Yeah, is, jo- is, God is bless Jonathan Spencer. Um, we then cut to uh, Danny Boy. Uh, Danny Boy goes into CJ's office at like one in the morning while she's like finishing up some champagne. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> Really just showcasing where Danny is on the spectrum in this scene. Yes, yes. <laughs> and she's like humming Jackal when he when he pops in. And he and he pops in because uh he was up late listening to his police scanner. Yes. Which is, you know, not creepy at all. 
But I mean, he, granted, he's a journalist, so I guess he's trying to like look for any big. He's a, he's a DC journalist, so yeah. I'm guessing he does. This is not the first time he's gotten an interesting little tidbit. Yes, and he found a little tidbit. He heard about a party, like a party of like so, someone that got busted, and he's like and uh, a big, a big money Democratic donor. Oh, oh, the, the son of a big money Democratic donor. No, I thought she said that wasn't his kid. It was a different one. No, it was. Oh, was it was that kid? Okay, yeah, I, I, I mis I misconstrued that. She but was yeah. like, she was like, because he was like, uh, David, David, something got arrested, and she's like, I don't suppose there's any chance that's not the son of of so and so, a big Democratic yeah, donor. And he's like, and then he was like, there is no chance of that. Yeah. Okay, that's that's where I messed. Up. Okay, so you misunderstood the question, yeah. and I had actually inserted into my notes. Pause here to like Killian rant about Hunter Biden. Well, you know that's because <laughs> I, I I honestly definitely thought that's where you were going to go with this uh, little storyline. No, because like the whole the centerpiece of this is about like Zoe. Yeah, and, like Zoe would be if Zoe got caught like smoking crack and like put it on her like cell phone and the Secret Service had destroyed it. Like when she had like gone the next morning hungover to like a like a, like a cell phone repair shop to try and fix it and then like, left it there and never came back for it. Then that would be a bit more comparable. But Hunter, different story. Well, also too, if 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 uh, Jed Bartlett had also passed the ninety four Crime Act, like and like, we don't know that he didn't in this uh, in this reality. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. That'd be another thing too. But but Zoe didn't call get called any drugs. She just like was at a party that later on got busted. Yeah, she wasn't even there when it got busted. So good on her for getting the fuck out of there while the kid was good. But anyway, Danny O goes to Danny, uh, goes to CJ's office for potentially a late booty call when he tells her that information, but ain't going to happen tonight. She was busy doing the jackal. The jackal. Um, the next morning we have CJ briefing uh, her assistant about the, about how to handle the, uh, the Zoe situation. And she keeps repeating the same phrase of keep it a non-story. Keep it a non-story. Yeah. At a girl. At a girl. That's how you do it. That's a good press secretary. Uh, Maddie pops in, uh, comes into Josh to dis- to discuss the new. Uh, yeah. Mandy pops back into the show for the first time in like three episodes. Yes. Like, like for, for some reason that like, I, I, it's weird because I would think that she might have been like informant about the situation on Zoe instead of Danny O. But I think wanted to have a sexual tension scene, but. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Mandy, <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Mandy's going to go the way of um, that. I can't remember her name, but the first security officer in the first season of Next Generation, um, like where she's just going to kind of get like popped off or just like, get, get get eaten by a giant ooze monster. Yeah, and I'm when, when I say that I mean like start working for the GOP. Okay, like, like I can't but, wait for uh, Mandy's uh, slutty your little sister to show up in later seasons. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little TNG joke for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mandy comes into Josh's office to discuss uh, the, getting a new panda, and Josh does not want to deal with any of this, so he says, "Go talk to Toby about it." Yes. And uh, at Zoe's uh, at Zoe's uh, Georgetown uh, little study hall, uh, she's like she's with her like French. Oh wait, before before she leaves to go talk to Toby though. Mandy's like, "What are you about to do?" And Josh is like, "I'm about to go argue with a with a black guy about reparations, a civil rights, attorney. a civil rights attorney, yeah. a black civil rights attorney about about mm-hmm. reparations, about why he shouldn't have and, reparations." And and Mandy says, "Good luck." 
And when she says it, she she says it in like some type of way. Yes. Like she means that shit. She means like, hey, go fight for our money, man. Like, don't give them shit. I don't quite interpret it like I, that. I interpret it I, that I way. I interpret it as she sounded like, genuine when she was like, Good luck. Good luck arguing with this I, guy. I, I took it as sarcastic, as in like, hmm. Good luck with that. Like, <laughs> like have a great time. Because honestly, and the way their conversation goes, like, Josh is so fucking unprepared. Like, he's not ready to, he's not even ready to, like, play devil's advocate with this guy in any way. Like, the, the, like, like, um, Brack, Brackenridge had him. Yeah. On, on all this shit. Anyway, um, at, at Zoe's college, um, she's doing, she's studying French with, like, some co, um, some classmates. Uh, the Secret Service is trying to like uh, take her out the back way because apparently there's a reporter in the front, and they go up in like the back kitchen area, <coughs> <coughs> and just like Robert Kennedy, <laughs> this fucking guy pops out of right. the corner with like a notebook. I, I have a note about that too, and I'm <laughs> like, like we see that you have multiple agents present. Like, why haven't you secured the entire path before you bring your protectee? through i feel like a secret servant agent would watch this and be like right. no fucking way it's just like that other scene remember earlier in the season that really long walk and talk after the speech yes where there's just like people randomly in the hallway as they're walking through and i'm like i know that ain't procedure yeah this, there's no fucking way but i mean like i mean it seems on this show secret service do their job when it's convenient yes when it's convenient for the writer Yes, absolutely. Like, like honestly, like they have Sorkin in their ear, just being like, "Okay, we're we're supposed to be in this position, like through this perimeter, but be sure to leave the back open <laughs> and the kitchen too, so that some so the crazy Alex Jones guy can like come out and 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 you know ambush ambush the president's daughter with this stupid question about why she was at this party last night." Um. Anyway, he asks he asks her, um, "Why were you at this party last night?" or why, why were you at a party with a drug dealer? And she says, like, he wasn't even there that like I, I didn't even know he was there that night. Just, like, in, like in passing and, and leaving. And then, uh, you know, Secret Service, like, pushes this guy up against the wall and says, that, uh, I'm really surprised how the Secret Service does this during the Bartlett administration. It's like, yeah, yeah well, during the GOP administration, they'll shoot you in the face. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> too shook up about any of this shit. Especially because like like i said he ambushed her in the back of the kitchen like how robert kennedy died so it's like fucking like i i'm not trusting any yeah. shit either um then after that slimy slimy smirky reporter gets thrown up uh sam has his appointment with mallory because she booked an appointment uh very impulsively at 11 in the morning to discuss school vouchers with him on her new little date <laughs> Yes. Uh, Josh takes his meeting with Brackenridge uh, about reparations, and it starts out really nice because you know he, he informs him like, "Hey, my dad went to college with you. You passed away." Like, no, no, no. Uh, they were they didn't go to college together because Brackenridge is like Josh's age. No, 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 no. Josh's dad went to college with Brackenridge. No, they served together at the same law firm. Oh, yep, my bad. And Josh's dad was a partner while he was a like entry level associate. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, they got a little conference. Like they, 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 they were able to start that little meeting of like, hey, we're kind of from the same yeah. cloth. We know we kind of know each other a bit, like, you know, that type of thing. It starts out very nice. Um, you know, then, you know, Brackenridge brings up Statler. He's like, yeah, he's not a big fan of me, is he? And it's like, yeah, it's because of this like little quote in the book cover thing, which I would have already thought with Josh, he would have been like, let's just work on covering this up. Let's just work on like playing off like how this isn't a big deal at all. But like, John, he goes the other way with it and decides to like try to like get him to like kind of condemn those kind of views. 
things or try to or try to push right. back, or try to push back on that to get him to be quiet about them. And uh, he asked if the committee will uh, stand will stand for uh, monetary reparations. Uh, and you know, of course, Brackenridge has like a good response. Of, like, yeah, but, like there's conservative estimates from economic from from economists that say like, yeah, conservative estimate is a good you know one point seven trillion somewhere in that ballpark. Which Josh winds his eyes to that, and he has nothing to say in response to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Josh is speechless. Complete, completely floored. Like, wasn't ready for any of this. Which is like, also, Josh, bad prep, dude. Bad prep. Yeah, you could have done better with that. Uh, we then cut to CJ informing. Uh, I'm sorry, Charlie informing CJ of uh, Zoe's incident with the reporter. Um, Zoe informs him, it's like, yeah, this is like some guy on the radical right. No one takes really seriously. I'm not going to give him the, res- the benefit of a response. Uh, he then, you know, he then asks her about like, hey, could you maybe help out our friend who got these drug charges? You know, they're kind of exacerbated. Yeah. Which, I mean, I thought, I thought at this point you would definitely be rational. Well, no. Well, see, now that I know, about. now that I know it's like the son of like a major donor, it's like, okay, like now this changes. Because at first I thought this was just like some random kid or nope. something. Like, it's like, oh. You think anybody gives a shit about some random kid? Come on, man. Well, I thought, you know, I, I, that's the thing. I thought that he wasn't related to the, to the, to the fucking major Democratic donor. That's the thing. I that's the thing I didn't know. Like I thought this is like this was just like no. This is like my friend from college no. who just was like you know. So so we ain't out here messing with any like like broke people. Well, I don't I don't know. Maybe she it was sticks, like she sticks to her circles. Well, I I guess. Well, what about what about Charlie then? Charlie's Charlie Char, 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 Charlie's in the room where it happens, man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in a, the room he's where a it happens. But, power but where but where did he come from? Though? Like he he didn't, he didn't come from that. He's got that BDE, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and in Washington, when you have BDE, you don't need connections yeah. and resources, which is why the people who don't have BDE are so concerned and so very rich. And so mad. And and that's why they that's why they use the CIA or any intelligence <laughs> agency to fuck you five ways from Sunday. Uh, Toby comes in comes into the West Wing with a chipper, chipper attitude, saying hello to everybody, you know. He's asking people to rub his bald spot for luck, you know. He wasn't doing that, but he, not, he may as well have been. Like he, yeah. he was as happy and giddy as a, as like a Chinese fat Buddha. Like he just he was like a like a good guy that he'd never seen. And people were thinking that he was mentally ill or something. He went to the sunken place. Yes, yes, he went to the sunken place. Uh, Sam is defending his ship position on vouchers to Mallory, which make no sense later on in the context of this episode. Uh, he says that, like, you know, it's more cash for public schools. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mallory's debating we need more money for public schools. And, and Sam responds that the federal government has spent $4 trillion on public education. And it's a disaster. It's, it's gotten worse. Yeah, it's I, like, well, is that four trillion dollars been distributed equitably? No, it is not. Well, and just the stupid shit is like, oh, so it's bad because of the money. That's it's bad because of the money is what you're saying. How much? That's how much have stupid. we spent on the military? Do we have world peace yet? Right. So we we should just abolish the military or privatize it. Which I mean, I think we get to later on in American history. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're like six years away from that. So yeah, maybe that's yeah. a new point. <laughs> Um, yeah, we cut to CJ coming to Danny. Uh, she goes over to Danny about, uh, getting, about getting Zoe's, like, what exactly happened with Zoe. Right. And at this point, I am super bored by this storyline. Yes. And, and he tells her, he basically tells her that she said, she said to, 
She said to Edgar Edgar Wright or whatever the fuck this guy's name is. <laughs> he same said, filmmaker Edgar Wright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says to the guy like, well, he at least Daniel informs her that's like, yeah. All she said to the guy is that, yeah, I he like I didn't know he was gonna be. I didn't know that so and so the guy the kid who got busted was gonna be there. And CJ hears that, and knows something is up, and so she leaves and thinks. Right, because Charlie had said Zoe came there to return his keys. Yes, yes, which I I didn't even write that down earlier. But um, anyway, we cut to Brackenridge back in uh, Josh's office, absolutely schooling him with statistics about about like p- potential offers of like, history of reparations on the table. Yeah, like, going all the way back to Andrew Johnson. Special order? No, not Andrew Johnson. Uh, General Sherman. General Sherman. General, oh, General wow. Sherman issued Special Order 15. Okay. Well, but, but, but Andrew Johnson, like. Which was 20 it. acres and a meal. And then Andrew Johnson repealed that. Yes. Yes. Or rescinded it. Yes. The little quote of, like, I'll be back for the mule. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Josh said something about, like, well, I'm just trying to get the confirmation through, which is, like, would be reasonable. But he does not really. I mean, and I, and I thought when he said that is like okay. I thought he's going to go to a different pot of like negotiating where it's like okay, well maybe there's a way for us to quiet right. this down, or maybe a way for me to satisfy you, mm-hmm. so because so you can get all this stuff out and like still have like and you know maybe we take right. It. And instead he hits back with, well, a lot of white people died to end slavery, and it's like no, Josh, yes. actually they did not. Yes, they ended to preserve. They 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 fought to preserve. The political integrity of the United States. Yeah, well, and, and the Emancipation Proclamation was a diplomatic ploy to prevent France and Britain from joining the war on the side of the South. Yes. And because the North was blockading southern ports and stopping the cotton trade to Europe, France and Britain were very mad about that, and they were threatening to join the war on the South side to restore the cotton trade. And that is why Abraham Lincoln... Uh, issued the Emancipation Proclamation because slavery was unpopular in Europe and he knew that the governments of France and Britain could not justify a war to defend slavery. For slavery, yes, yes. He also forgets to mention the fact that like half those people, half those white people dying in that conflict were fighting to preserve slavery. Yes, indeed they were. Yes, indeed they were. As well as the entire, like, like the people who fought in the North for Maryland, yes. for example, or West Virginia also wanted to keep slavery. Yes. And had quiet promises when they first got in that Abraham Lincoln, because Abraham Lincoln told them all, I don't want to end slavery. Yes. But things change. Things change. Things change. The political calculus change. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and, and good man, and, and good you, Mr. Karl Marx, for, you know, sending those letters out to like Abraham Lincoln and taught and the court and uh, collaborating with like, with the, a couple of northern generals that you were talking to. Good on you for all that. Because you were on the right side of history with that, my friend. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just had the question on there. of like, is that why they died? Is that why they died, yeah. Josh? Like, fuck my life. Um, anyway, we, we got, after that cringy, another cringy white take, uh, we cut to Toby uh, meeting Mandy uh, for her asking for help on the getting a panda bear issue, which that wipes the smile clear off his face. Zoe, uh, Zoe sees Charlie in the hallway and they kind of have a cute little like, oh, you don't like doing PDA all the time. Well, and Charlie's like, oh, dude, I don't like doing this. Like when you're when the most powerful man in the country. Also, also it's like, well, fuck off, Stacy. Uh, how many people are trying to kill you <laughs> for 
for being with your girlfriend. Maybe that's also like why I might be uncomfortable with like public displays of affection. Oh, I, don't I already think he have white. I already have white. Yeah, no, Charlie doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He only person he cares about is like Bartlett yeah. doing that because a that's her dad and b it's his boss and c he he's the president. Like, yeah, like I think I think in that order too. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But still, shut the fuck up, Stacey. Yeah. God. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, she decides. He says, "I'm not afraid of PDA." And she says, "Like, is that right?" And then she like met, maxed him super hard in the hallway. Yeah. To which she gets off of him, and he says, "Told, see, you, told, told you so." Told you. <laughs> uh, smooth. We see uh, Zoe going into CJ's office, and they're talking about Ed- Edgar Drum, who is that Edgar crazy, Drum? That's who is right. that crazy uh, right wing, right wing journalist who ambushed her? And CJ, kind of like a cop. Uh, or like a or like a counselor or principal uh, asks her why she's lying why she lied to her and like what's really who she's protecting and you know we do, we don't really see much after that we just like you know I and I just kind of assumed it's like yeah like it all happened quick she's nineteen she doesn't know what the fuck's going on she yeah. can't remember what she said like yeah absolutely like and it, but it's like and honestly all those little details like they would seem like nothing normal they would be not they would be nothing normally but in this political environment because of who she is and and all of that yes it's a very big deal um we then cut oh after that it's cut to uh we're having a social um sorry ss i put a social security meeting a secret service meeting uh and they're basically having detail over like over zoe it it seems this secret service team that they're talking to seems to be the zoe detail yes because i didn't hear nothing about the president or anything like that no they're just focusing on the uh the uh White power threats. And yes. All that. And they even brought up the 14 words from George Norman Rockwell to like get all the fucking Nazi fanboys like all the time. Like, oh, they have our thing up there. <laughs> yeah. They, so they mentioned a whole bunch of white supremacy groups. They that did. Like, I didn't even want to mention. And then they mentioned the 14 yeah. words. And this entire thing is just nothing. Yeah. I'm super is. bored it by is. it. It isn't. It isn't. And good on uh, Gina for not being a snitch. That's pretty much the only. Uh, Yes, good on CJ. Yeah, tries yes. to get Gina the snitch. Yes, he flatly refuses. Yes, yeah, CJ comes in just for more information about like what Zoe, like what Zoe, t- like, who Zoe talks to, and this and that. And Gina says, "Sorry, sorry, boss, I can't do it. I, 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 I if it wasn't against the rules, like I'd help you out, but I can't. I'm not obligated to do any of that shit. Sorry." Um, Sam and we cut to Sam and Mallory still in the office. Sam brings up. <laughs> Sam brings up, it's like, well, you're a rich kid who went to private school, right? And you liberals don't have any problem sending rich kids go to private schools and the mid- middle class kids can go to parochial schools. So why the fuck is it a problem for any of these poor kids to get the better opportunity going to a rich school? Of course, ignoring the, ignoring the fact that it's like, yeah, it's the entire – the fact that there is like a hierarchy where if you live in this poor area is that you were restricted to these schools. Yeah. And that like if you were one of the lucky ones, you get to leave outside of that. Yes. And that's the entire fucking problem is that you still have like a permanent underclass yes. that, you, that you create because of the lack of education. And that, I mean, it's completely, I mean, and it's crazy because it's like, it's fucking Sam arguing this. And it's like, yeah, obviously these are like all right wing talking points, Josh. These are all like, this is all the type of shit that I expect Rush Limbaugh to be saying. Honestly. Right. Well, I mean, we find out why later on. Yes. But. Yes. Um, CJ pops in and asks Sam for advice. And Sam says, uh, you need to get in the president's face. With uh, you know any of the shit about his daughter, you need to be, you need to be a, a, aggressive with him. He asks her about how to end his fight with Mallory, and she says, "Well, take her out to lunch." He says, "She says to take her out to lunch, and they can finish the discussion there." Yeah, that's how you end the fight. In the kind office. of a smooth, one, a good line. Yes, I mean it's 
it, it's how he should have done it in the first place. Yeah. Right. Um, Toby is grumbling over the panda issue that uh, Mandy has cornered him with. Uh, he says, like, I don't want to negotiate with a country that runs over people with tanks. And I don't want to have to negotiate this to get any. Toby just seems more like he just is, like, mad that he has to get up and be nice to people. Yeah. And, like, when he was just being nice to people all morning. Yeah. But he's, he's mad. He's mad when he has to be nice to people. And, and to- if I were Toby, I would just be like. This isn't my job. Go talk to someone in the <laughs> State Department. Like, Why well, didn't tell her to fuck off? Yeah. Like, who the fuck? Like, is Toby just going to call the Chinese embassy and start, like, hashing this out? Right. Like, like no. This is, like, high-level diplomatic shit that you don't give to Toby. Right. Like, you, you don't make him beg at all. Yeah. Like, it's, like, ideal. Like, you, you have Toby out there to, like, make people feel bad morally. Like, yeah. That's what, that seems to be his rule is that he's that kind of, like... He's that depressant you give somebody. Right. To like but yeah, the- we have like a Chinese, we have an ambassador to China. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. call him and be like, hey, can you get us a panda? But anyway, Toby, out of frustration, says like, why the fuck are you in here? And she says, well, like, Josh told me that you were the guy to come for this. And he says, no, not at all. Like, Josh told you, he was just trying to pawn you off. He played you. And she says, oh, no, he played me. Well, I got to hurt him. I got to get back onto him. And so he starts plotting for revenge. But you don't see this episode. At least, at least as far as I, I saw. Like, so I guess we're going to see it soon. Uh, Mallory uh, then like barges into Leo's office. <laughs> and she says, Daddy, I need your permission before I, before I take him out to lunch. And he says, and Sam says, why? He says, because I, need, I need to ask for his permission before I go out to lunch with a, with a fascist. <laughs> which which I, I love because that just made me think of people nowadays. Yeah, no, it's a very like it's a very Reddit argument line. Yes, of like, well, I don't, I don't even want to talk or work with anyone who's at fascist and of course leo as the person in reality says no honey he's he's really like not a fascist he really doesn't actually agree with school vouchers uh it's opposition prep it's opposition prep and sam said fucking nothing that whole episode yeah i mean i I, all right i'm gonna push back on you this i kind of get it like well because it's the same energy that you and i have minus the minus the sexual tension of like you and i love an argument I do. I do, Tim. But, like, this is a woman he's trying to get some from. And yeah. he's literally, like, asking, like, CJ, like, I don't know how to get her out of my office. And it's like, yeah, dude, tell her it was an opposition paper that, like, you wrote to, like, put to point out, like, arguments of the opposition. Because at the end of this, he's just like, yeah, I absolutely agree with you the whole time. I absolutely believe this is the kind of system we, that we need to have. I just don't know how to get there yet. It's like, why you fucking say that, you fucking moron? Like, go on the date with this woman and give her something that she, you know, get what you get you want out of it. Like, my God. But no, he, yeah, I guess I guess is what he finds sexy about. I mean, I to see your I see your point, Tim. Of like, maybe that's what he finds attractive about her is that it's a woman that he can argue with. Yeah. But granted, it's a lot more fun to argue with him when it's like you actually like are convinced of something. Yeah, that's fair. As opposed to just like arguing because I never feel very comfortable arguing like arguing for the opposition when it's like some when it's like gross shit because it's like yeah i could well, no like not gross shit but like but like leftist infighting style i can i can change positions on a dime like when i'm talking to you i am the moderate in the room when i go on like r slash politics i'm sure suddenly i'm spewing yeah yes. suddenly i'm like part of the left so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but i think that's the thing that animates us is that we see shit we see centerist shit yeah and that usually gets us going like oh, no Come on. Or else we see like someone LARPing like a far leftist and we go, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. But, but that, but that, that's just us. I think, I think that's a lot of the left too. Yeah. We love an argument. 
Yes, we do. But um, anyway, when Sam reveals his real position, uh, Mallory's panties visually drop. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't yeah. say visually, but like, I swear I could hear. Yeah, like, you can hear the the uh, like like a gushing yeah, soaked paper towel. Like, you can just, hear the sloshing down there. Like just like getting thrown on the ground. Like you hear like a like a big old like pop. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, obviously, like, like Sam did his job, which he could have just done in the first place and just gotten her to, like, you know, want to go out to lunch with them and sleep with them. Right. And do well, and it's weird that, like, that moment is happening with her dad sitting, like, in the room. Yes. Staring at them. That, visibly bored, too. Visibly bored by it, saying, like, oh, okay, I don't care if you plow my dog. Like, I'll, I'll worry about go it. Away, I'm, I'm go bored away. by you guys. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Sam, you're doing great. Yeah. you. Yes, honey, you may go have lunch with this fascist. And Sam, you're going to plow her any day now. I believe yeah. in you, son. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we get we got to Charlie coming into the Oval Office uh, to speak with the president. First, we've seen a Bartlett all episode. Uh, Bartlett's, like, on the uh, kind of lazily on the couch reading, like, George Washington's book on, like, proper etiquette. Of the time, yes, and to which like Bartlett is getting, which I kind of got a little Trump energy from from this little bit, is that he was just like, yeah, he sounds like a real priss, doesn't he? Sounds like a real priss, and I'm just thinking like, well, he he, he did kind of you know fight fight a war. I mean, he did, right? And this was done when he was a young man, and from what I understand of Washington, he was always self conscious because unlike unlike Jefferson, unlike unlike most of the uh, you know, luminaries of that time. He did not get sent off to France for education. No. <laughs> so he, so he always felt uncouth compared to his peers. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's that. I would think that like a, a smart, like a smarty pants, like Bartlett would have seen that. But it was kind of just that macho-ish, like yeah. Oh, I could take him in a fight. Though. I could take him in a fight, though. It's like I'm not sure. Washington was a pretty big guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Washington was not like a brilliant general, really. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't say that at all. But like, I mean, definitely in his younger years, he was definitely um, ballsy. Uh, you know, ballsy to the point of detriment. But yeah, um, and then later, man, there was no one. At, to be fair, there was no one better at a orderly fighting retreat than Washington. Yeah. <laughs> which honestly, which honestly, if you look at history, those orderly fighting, those orderly retreats are pretty fucking important. Mao Zedong, great example. Tell you that. Um, we got, CJ comes in to drop uh, the Zoe bomb, and the Zoe bomb is that she lied, that she lied about so and so being at said party, or she knew about so and so being at said party, and she says the president to like he's got to give her a break. President is freaking the fuck out about Edgar Drum ambushing her in the yeah, kitchen, which he goes I ballistic. which I understand that, yeah, because it's like yeah, yeah he could have fucking murdered her, but it, it, if the, if that notebook in his hand had been like a revolver, um, but yeah, no, he but he goes like Trumpish with it, he goes wild boar with it, trying to like go up and like oh no, I'm going, I'm going to the press, I'm going to the press right the fuck now, I'm leaving right now, tell him to come on board, tell him, tell him if you ever fucking talk to my daughters on campus again. You're done at the White House. Right. And it's like, that's not the way to go And, and CJ points out that it's like, sir, this is like a non-story right now. If you do that, it's going to be a story. It's yeah. going to be like, it's it, it, could, it could sink a campaign. Type yeah, of shit. definitely. Like, because it, the narrative will be all about that. And uh, she says like, yeah, you're going to have to like calm down, suck it up and like just be in your office. To which she says, well, I could have taken George Washington in a fight. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Like, yeah. Like yeah. George and CJ have a, or um, not George. Uh, Jed and CJ <laughs> yes. have a good energy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, a- to be fair, Jed, uh, 
Martin Sheen has like good chemistry with everybody on the show. No, he he really that's does. why he works so well in the role. And he was good at just doing this with like a kind of like he's good at making you like laugh, like having those moments where you can laugh at the president, but yes. having those like oh here's what here the staff really respects. And this is definitely one of those moments where it's like okay here's this here's a staff lecturing him, yeah, and, and fantasizing him a bit, which is needed. Um, <laughs> we cut back to Brackenridge for the last scene and he brings up the Japanese internment camps of World War II and says like, yeah, there's plenty of problems with those. Oh, no, no, no. He's saying, he's pointing out well, the point he's making there is, is that, that the United States paid the Japanese, the survivors of Japanese internment. Yes. Uh, yeah. money like, uh, over a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's saying like, well, where's our deal? Like, where right. Where, where's our deal? And this is where he starts to pivot towards, like, uh, the moderate, right? Where Josh's only reply is, like, we don't have $1.7 trillion. Yes. And he says, I understand that. And here's here's where I, I take issue with him for the first time, where he says, we'll take our payments in scholarships and economic uh, empowerment zones. I'm like, no, a, a scholarships are, are kind of a bullshit because it's yes. not just exceptional black people who deserve uh, reparations. It's all of them. Yes. And like a level economic playing field is not reparations. It's what a government owes to its people. Yes. The reparations are just a, we held you captive and forced you to work for, uh, for us for a century. Our bad. Here's some money. Yes. Here, here's so you can, here's so you can fairly get out of the permanent underclass yeah. we've put you in. Here's just a, it's, it's the same way when someone does a crime, you pay a, we find them. Mm -hmm. The United States committed a crime against its entire African American population, mm -hmm. and and they deserve money for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and granted, like there are there are problems when you get into the details of like, okay, well, what do you do if like you know they're half white, right. black? Like, how do far half already? Well, and you and I are like, you and I are like out of our pocket on on all of this. Like yeah. like we're two we're two white dudes from like middle class backgrounds that like don't have. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't even understand like like how you would even like affect the economics to like actually benefit. All I'm really concerned about, all, I, I, all, all I'm concerned about is they owe them that money. Yes, like that to me, that's the fundamental principle of well, like of like the U.S. government owes African Americans reparations. And and mostly, I just want to say it's like it should be enough to give that generational wealth, so it's like you can buy a house to pass on to your children. Yeah, at least like a, a some of a value that equivalates to that, like what people weren't given during, like you know what yeah. they could have gotten during the GI. Generations bill. of lost labor, generations right. of lost opportunity. Right, and, it, and that's it, what you're making up for. And, and it's like it's a big number for the time being, but it's only going to keep that number is going to keep big, getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger as time goes on. Absolutely, and it it needs to happen. It it, it creates a it creates a, a response that like you know enables demagogues like how the Grocky brothers were. Where it's it, I mean, granted, like some of these like reforms are needed, but it's just it's like, yeah, you create these horrible political conditions where people have no choice but to start doing, yeah, this, or doing like trusting demagogues like that. Um, but anyway, Breckenridge plays nice. He does. He is. He, he nice. finishes off with a nice little like, I support. We need to talk about these ideas. I I will say this too because Josh hits him back after the after the scholarships and tax deductions. He says, "Well, AA is reparations," and then he means affirmative action. Which is the the biggest crock of shit yes. I've ever fucking heard in my life? Because that just is like no, a like affirmative action is a way to balance like job requirements, like like it's a way to adjust things to how the standard could be applied normally. Yeah, and it's like 
yeah, I because I, it's because it was at a point where it's like, yeah, well, black people aren't getting hired for the jobs that they are quali- that they're qualified for, and it's because there's obviously a racial bias. And yeah, this was used as an attempt. Yeah, to yeah to exactly that. affirmative action is not reparations; it's a counterbalance to the blatant systematic racism of this country. Right, and 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 you can and you can be one of those people that's like, I don't think this is perfect. There's a lot of changes that needed. That's also fine. It's just that it's like it's definitely not reparations. That, yeah. is, that is that is not making up for stealing generational wealth. Exactly. It does not make up for that shit at all. Uh, Josh, you know, you know, he says that that you know, Jeff Brackenridge says that's ridiculous. Josh hates. Josh hates. Josh basically mentioned he hates the Germans for what they stole from his grandfather. Yeah. It would to which like. To which, of course, Brackenridge is like, yeah. So your issues with the Germans? He's like, Josh, like you're damn right, and then. And that, and then Brackenrich just ties up the whole scene with the "I'll play nice" with the Judiciary Committee, right? Well, I mean, and Josh only basically asks him, "Is that like, can you just say that all that smart shit and all the statistics that you gave me?" And well, he, no, he doesn't even say that. What he said, like, like Brackenrich goes into the whole spiel of like, of like, these are important, challenging ideas by brilliant people, yes, and and we need to be talking about like the bold, challenging ideas of, of brilliant people in this com- in this country. It's like, I want the conversation. Yes, which is basically like only, that was the only quote on the back of the book. Yeah. It was just like, I want this, in, I want every American to be talking about this. Yes. To have this in their mind. Yeah. And which, which is like, yeah, I couldn't agree with because he's, he's trying to use, he's trying to like use democracy and like, you know, pub, like influence on the public to affect democracy. Yeah. To like do the type of shit Thomas Paine did. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's like, yeah, that's like, that. that's how this that's fundamentally like how this country was built. That's like what the founders like found to be important. So it's like, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, but anyway, uh, well, there was a whole bit in revolutions about how Thomas Paine's influence on the revolution is grossly overstated. I know, but that's usually the example I can think of the most people yeah. know about. Like, cause I, I can't think of any other philosophers at that time who were more, who we can all think about and going like, Oh, they were, they were a big influence in 1776. I'm not sure, but, yeah, no, I have, to, I have to listen to the rest of Revolution. Shout out to you. Guys. Shout out Revolution. Yeah, shout out Revolutions. You guys are great. Um, anyway, uh, the meeting kind of ends with Brackenridge saying there's really no amount of money that can make up for this. And he says, like, take out a dollar, look at the back of the seal, and look at this, look at the pyramid, you'll see it's unfinished. We we need to be building upon this. We need to be we need to constantly be making our ideas better. Yeah, which just makes me which Tim. And he invokes God, which always makes me roll my eyes. Yeah, it does make you roll your eyes. But Tim, the part that did make me roll my eyes is because it made me think about like leftist infighting, and even with us, where it's like, man, you do have to discuss these ideas because you want to shift the bad ones out, and that only happens when you're out of an echo chamber and you decide to actually put these things in the mouth. Yeah. And and I liked that sentiment about it. I liked that point he made about it. And I think that would be a strong thing to say in his committee anyway. But then, but then they decide to go out, get some lunch. They've been arguing all morning. And Brackenridge says, I'll buy you lunch. And Josh, Josh is like, no, I'll buy you lunch. Reparation. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Reparation, I'll- baby. I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> how, about, how about I'll buy you lunch and you never see me again? <laughs> And that wrap and that wraps up six meetings before lunchtime. Yeah, which is just like it's a lot of stuff packed in here, but that didn't really have much to say. <laughs> yeah, especially the panda shit. The panda shit went nowhere. The Hunter Biden stuff was uh, boring. 
Uh, like I know, yeah, yeah, Tim. I'm surprised you, you thought I was going to be all about that, but mostly it was just. Yeah, no, I I think if you had like if you had interpreted uh, as a as yeah. But th- but Tim, th- the thing is too is the Hunter Biden situation is. Also- I mean, I don't give a fuck about Hunter Biden either, which is why I was kind of bored. Well, no, this, I, you don't give scene. a fuck about Hunter. I mean, if you if it was Trump's kid, you'd give a fuck. No, not really. Not really. Not really. Because I know. I mean, no, it was it was Trump's kid. It, like like Trump's Trump's kids were doing all the same shit that like Hunter Biden was doing. But like the thing is, is none of it fucking matters. Joe Biden isn't bad because his son is a fuck up. Trump isn't bad because his kids are like are like narcissistic with a like drug addicted like New York socialites who have never done anything in their life. That's not why they're bad. But that's not a reason to hate a politician. Like like but Biden then, but, Biden is but, bad because he's a fucking hypocrite. But like, but then him putting those little like like Trump putting these little sociopaths into major positions of power—that is wrong. Yes, dude, yeah, that is like. But Hunter Biden was never in a position of power. He was on the energy board in Ukraine. Who gives no a fuck? Oh, really? Who like, gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? You do apparently, but like, who gives a fuck? What policies did Hunter Biden enact? In in in, U- in, in Ukraine. In Ukraine. What what policies did he enact? Probably ones that benefit. Probably. Ones probably. That, probably. Ones probably. That benefit the states. Probably. Do you think he's qualified to do any of that? Do you think he's qualified to even send that? I don't fucking board? know, and I don't fucking Probably care. Probably not. But he was given that position because he was the because he was the vice president's kid. Okay. Right. So I mean, that shit's wrong. And it, and and Tim, you. But got, I don't give a fuck, Tim. I'll point out that you're freaking out more about not giving a fuck about it. I just am upset about it with Hunter Biden specifically. Is because like his daddy signed that ninety four crime bill, yes. pushing it. And but the ninety four crime bill isn't worse because Hunter Biden is a fuck up than the. the the 94 crime bill is bad because it destroyed an entire generation of uh, young black men. And like that for, for doing the shit that Hunter Biden does. Yeah. But like, but like the fact that Hunter Biden does it has nothing to do with why the bill is bad. And it doesn't make Joe Biden a bad, a, a worse person that his son is a fuck up and was protected. All rich fuck ups are protected. Yeah. The, the fact is, is that he's bad because he pushed the legislation in the first place. The legislation is bad on itself. Joe Biden would be bad if his if Hunter Biden was a perfect angel. Joe Biden would still be a piece of shit. No, I agree. The fact that it's that like like nothing his son does has anything to do with who Joe Biden is as a person. Joe Biden is just a bad president and a bad politician who has always done the most convenient thing for himself. I mean, that's who we. Hunter Biden is at most a symptom of why Joe Biden is bad. Tim, I get that, Tim, but it's you could also say the same shit about Stormy Daniels and shit. Yeah, too. it's like yeah, Stormy Daniels is a symptom. Yeah, and it and it's ridiculous, but I think the part that I think makes it more relevant is it's just the shit that like yes, like Stormy Daniels is worse for like Jerry Falwell than it was for Donald Trump. No, I like like Stormy like no literally Donald Trump is never pretending to be someone who wouldn't sleep with a prostitute. The hypocrisy came from, like, Jerry Falwell and the Christian right who embraced Trump. They're the ones who were made to look like ridiculous hypocrites by the Stormy Daniels shit. Right. When most people don't don't care about it. Right. And, and, and I get that, but I think more people tend to care about the Hunter Biden thing because more people know, like, a family member who's done a lot of time for drugs when the president's son hasn't done any of that fucking time. Right. And but we're not, and we're expected to just right. But like, if, the, like, if, well, if Hunter Biden listen. had gone to jail for drugs, that wouldn't have ameliorated the millions of people who were sent to drug, 
sent to jail under the 94 crime bill. No, Tim, I couldn't agree with you more, but I'm trying to... So, I'm, like, who I'm gives a fuck about Hunter Biden? Because I'm trying to bring it up, Tim, because, like, yes, we have, like, a class that's protected under these things, and these laws need to be repealed because the rich get to get treated like this when the poor yes. don't have to pay for that. That's why I bring up Hunter Biden all the time. Because I don't, not necessarily because I want him to be in jail like everyone else, but it's like if he's going to be out of jail for this shit and we have to hold compassion for this kid, then why the fuck do we not have compassion right. for all the people right. who have this happen to them? Yes, great congratulations, Killian. You have demonstrated that Joe Biden is a hypocrite, something I have been telling you since 2007. Tim, I agree. I just didn't vote for the motherfucker in 2020. And like, I won't be doing that shit. It's Fair like, enough. Right. Like, so I mean, Shit, dude. Because mostly, and that's the thing, Tim. It's like, like again, like I, I'm not trying to like point out the, the shit about Hunter Biden just to make Joe Biden look bad. Joe Biden making himself look plenty bad. Yeah, but it's more so. I just want to have the issue raised of like, yes, like you have your friends. Hunter Biden is not an issue. It's not an issue. There's no policy changes to be affected by bringing up Hunter Biden. Yes, Tim. Like the war on drugs. Yes, the war Tim. on drugs is not going to swing based on Hunter Biden. Who's a, who, who says that couldn't that couldn't tip the scales, Tim? It's not. It's fucking not. If Joe Biden legalizes marijuana, it's not going to be because Hunter Biden is a fuck up and people make fun of him for it. It's going to be because he looks at basic fucking polling numbers. Well, Tim, obviously we have those basic fucking polling numbers and he doesn't care. And, he, and people have been talking but, about but, Hunter uh, Biden for four years now and he doesn't fucking care. Well, I, I'm still going to keep fucking talking about him, Tim. Like, Good. I, I, don't, I don't fucking I'm going to tell you that it's ear-fucking-relevant, and you turn people off every time you do so. I don't think I do, because I usually get conservatives to come right over thinking about that. And I get, and I get them to start thinking about, like, yeah, maybe, right. maybe the war on drugs is crazy. And, that's a, and that is but a But most of the, the people already wanted – that's the polling data I was just talking about. 75% of the country – that's not 75% of Democrats. That's 75% of the population wants the war on drugs to be over. Yeah, Tim, right. Right. So, like, why wouldn't Joe... It's like, it's like, I mean, just looking at this shit, Tim, it's like, yeah, but Joe Biden sees this and he doesn't care. So maybe if his kid has, like, a threat of him going to fucking jail, maybe he'll want to change something. His son isn't going to jail, though. I know, Tim. I, obviously not. Obviously not. But if, like, but if that's more in the public discussion of, like, why the fuck isn't this kid in jail, then, like, maybe something could change. But because obviously, Tim, there's that poll data in front of him that like, has all this popular shit, but he does not want to do it. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it. Yeah. He doesn't believe in it. He believe he believes that poor that poor black people should go to fucking jail. That if you're brown and you, you were poor and you make a mistake, you deserve to go to jail. Yes. But if you are a rich, established son of a politician, right. you get to do whatever the right. fuck you want. You can but kill again, a hooker, I was telling you, you this kill in an turn, You can crash a car and leave the girl in there to drown, like Ted Kennedy did. And and Tim, that was you. <laughs> and you can leave the girl you can leave the girl in there to die like how Ted Kennedy did and you will be fine to do what you want in the future. Your kids will be fine to do whatever they want in the future because there's going to have people on the top protecting them. And I'm just saying that shouldn't be fucking happening when you're fucking making other people who are poor you give them a life of slavery because of that. Yeah, and I agree with you. I agree with you on that issue. I'm trying to get Republicans to agree with me on that shit. That's what I'm trying to do. And, and me getting my foot in the door by, by saying, yes, yes, Hunter Biden sucks ass. And yes, the media was covering that up. I think you're being incredibly naive, Killian, when you think that Republic Republicans love bashing Democratic politicians. They always have. That doesn't change the way they vote. They're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders because you convinced them that Hunter Biden should go to jail. They're not going to vote for uh, any progressive candidate because you've convinced them that Hunter Biden should go to jail. 
they're just going to go into online and talk about how, to, how Hunter Biden should go to jail. And then they're going to vote for Donald Trump again. I think, I think Tim, that you, I think have you're a being very, incredibly I think, naive. I think you have a very pessimistic view of, I think you have a very pessimistic view on the American populace. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, Tim, well, Tim, as a communist, I'm an optimist. And I think that we need to bring in the, the best potential in people. And, the, and part of that is, is going through the issues that they do care about and even exploiting things that like, you know, you might have in common with them and using that to get your foot in and get an advantage with them. And you don't have to do this, Tim. I, I'm more than willing to do. I, I wish you luck, Killian. I think you're on a fool's errand. Tim, I, well, you, you keep on voting for Democrats and I will call that a fool's errand. So. All right. Cause it's about getting as much done as I am. <laughs> Well, I mean, give me some good politicians to vote for. Like, let's uh, maybe we'll do a special episode about Killian Collins recommends politicians. Because uh, I don't even know who I'm supposed to vote for right now. I really don't. Yeah, no one's uh, no one's jumping up at you, is, are they? No. Yeah. No one in the entire nation, really. Yeah. Think about how many people who aren't politically involved and like start to vote and see that shit happening and go like, "Well, I guess I'll vote for this name," and they end up voting conservative. I mean, it's a fair point. Or, or because they've heard people say Hunter Biden is bad, so they vote conservative. Yeah, Tim, I mean, they, they hear a lot of things, Tim, but the thing is that's why I'm willing to talk to them about right. it. Right, but I feel like you have to offer them a viable alternative, which I don't think you have right now. What do you mean? Like, like you don't have a, you don't have a candidate that, that you are like actually in favor of. Well, I had a candidate, but the DNC and him decided to fuck him over, but that was my compromise, but... You know, we don't have anything now because he decided to abandon his own movement and, you know, just be a Democrat. <laughs> just be a Democrat with an I next to his name. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, with that surprising argument that I did not see coming at all, <laughs> I really thought we were wrapping up there. Yeah. But uh, with that, uh, that has been another episode of The West Wing and that has been another episode of The Working Wing Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you have listened, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us at our email address, which is workingwingpod at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what you've heard, please consider uh, leaving us a review on iTunes or whatever service you use. Uh, that would really help. We don't have any advertising or any really platform to advertise because the podcasting game is rough out here. So, but hey, if y'all give us money, we'll be keep we'll be making sure there's no advertisements. <laughs> um, but anyway, also you can uh, check us out on YouTube. Our channel is the Working Wing Podcast. Be sure to drop a, a like or a comment and subscribe. And subscribe. Um, we just like to thank our friends James Kunka and Jennifer Much for their for James's uh, theme song "Back on My Feet" and Jennifer Much's bass logo, respectively. And you can find more of their work at jamescooka.bandcamp.com and at jennifermuch.com. That's all for us. So until next time, keep working. Keep on working.